0: It's time again for the one show that takes a look at business from a different perspective, the coaching perspective, with Master Certified Business Coach Doug DeFeller. Hey, Paul. Glad to be with you here in studio today. Welcome to today's episode of the Coaching Perspective radio show. Today, we're going to do something a little different. Rather than introducing you to a new guest, I want to refresh your memory about some of the great guests and topics that we've covered so far this year. Can you believe, let me give you a quick rundown of what we have talked about. In the term, in the area of coaching, we've talked about having long-term clients or engagements. We've talked about soul coaching. We've talked about the role of the ICF globally and locally. And we've talked about the evolution of a coach. In related areas, we've talked about mentoring. We've talked about sales and marketing, particularly with respect to your fees. We've talked about how to handle life changes, maybe divorce. We've talked about experienced versus rookie employees. We've talked about the internet, radio, and podcasting, our producer's favorite topic. We've talked about effective communication, how to have a spa work lifestyle, networking, social media and your website, how to go to college for free or at least reduce tuition, and goal-setting. Those were the topics that we've talked about. Now, I want to sort of start out. This isn't really an apology, but, uh, you know, I, I appreciate those of you who are listening live right now. But I know that the majority of our audience is really listening to our podcast at a time that's uh, convenient for them when they're sitting back in their recliner or they're stuck on the car or my friend Ian is running another hundred mile whatever. So sometimes things happen and you don't get through a podcast, you know. One of my bad habits is to immediately buy almost any book that someone recommends to me. So how can this be a bad habit? Well, the problem is, by buying the book and putting it on my bookshelf or in my iPad library, I feel as if I've accomplished something. But we know that I really haven't. I need to read the book. not Just just owning it doesn't create value. And I'm afraid the same may hold true for our podcasts. You've maybe listened to some of them, or maybe you've started some and didn't finish, or maybe you noticed the title of one and thought you'd come back to it later, but life happens and you never come back to it. So that's why today I want to give you a quick summary, not a quick, but a a summary of what you've missed in the hopes that you'll go back and finish or start some of the really interesting podcasts that we've had this year so far. So let me work my way backwards uh, to our most recent one last week, which was the secret to long-term coaching assignments. Uh, I was the guest then myself, and and we talked about the fact that most coaches don't have long-term assignments. Most of them, their assignments are of shorter duration, many of them less than a year. Whereas in my practice most of my clients are five plus years with many of them being ten years and more so we talked about you know how do you do this what what is different about coaching when you have a long-term engagement you know one of the key things that uh, we highlighted was to not coach the problem but think about coaching the client and and what i mean by that is to not just focus on the problem that the client came to you as a coach to retain you and have you help them solve it. Obviously you're going to do that, but that you need to focus on the client in terms of what other things might the client use your coaching skills for and to help them improve their their life business or personal, and that it's really up to the coach to find those opportunities, to dig them out of the client. The client's not sitting there thinking of, gee whiz, how can I spend some more money with this coach? How can I keep paying him forever? No, it's up to us as coaches to engage at a depth and a level with the client that we can identify areas that we can help them and areas that are going to provide them an exceptional return on their investment for the coaching. We talked about uh branching out in terms of related but not necessarily coaching assignments. Most coaches do other things besides just coach. In my case, I do a lot of disc work, and uh, that can involve individuals. It can involve teams. It can involve new hires. I do for my clients a number of lunch and learns. This is uh, uh, lunchtime programs where all the employees gather around to hear about a topic that is of particular relevance to uh, the company. The most recent one I just did was, uh, let's see, a couple of weeks ago on presentation skills. Uh, most of my clients use me to facilitate their strategic planning meetings and to help them figure out how to do their strategic planning and how to execute the plans once they've got them. Some clients use the coach to do meeting facilitation so the client can be involved fully and not have to run the meeting. In a long-term assignment, we mention the fact that you've got to reinvent your image in the client's mind. And what I mean is, if you've worked with a client for a while, he tends to label you as an expert with the problem that he's hired you to solve and may not think of you for any other problems that he or she has. So you need to keep refreshing their memory as to your broader capabilities. The key thing, and I'll kind of wrap up the long-term coaching assignments with this, is you need to find ways to keep your coaching sessions fresh. Now, this is always important, but particularly when you're working with a client year after year. And one of the ways to do that is to really make sure that every once in a while you remind them about the many different ways in which they can use their coaching time. They probably came to you originally with a problem and used their coaching time to have you help them work through the problem. How about relationships? both work and personal relationships I don't think I've ever worked with a client that we haven't eventually evolved into relationship issues that they were having either at work or outside of work one of the key things that my coach provides to me is encouragement and sometimes reinforcement of things that I think this is right but I'm not sure so that's an area that is a valid coaching skill and a a great value to the client. Maybe you're going to do some training. Maybe you're going to allow the client to do some venting. I had a client the other day that was so upset. He had come from a meeting just before our coaching session. He was so upset, all he could think about was, I've I've got to tell somebody about my frustration with what went on. And that was useful up to a point. Then we called time out. Let's now be more productive about it. Or maybe it's goal setting, helping the client with goal setting, helping them to stay motivation. Well, those were some of the highlights for the topic, The Secret to Long-Term Coaching. And if you want to know more about it, go to the website, thecoachingperspective.com. Click on the radio page and you can find that, uh, that podcast and listen to it. The week before that, we talked about why is it more important now than ever to have a formal corporate mentoring program with Dee Elliott. Dee is a whiz at mentoring programs, and her company provides mentoring programs to corporations, to individuals, but mostly to companies. And and she points out the fact that mentoring is more important than ever now due to the lack of skilled people that we're forced to hire to fill positions and due to some of the generational gaps that are occurring the demographics with the experienced knowledgeable people leaving our organization with a gap in the next person to step into their role because of the 2008 downturn and we're having to go maybe two levels down and put somebody in the job that doesn't have the experience The key to her mentoring program, which, by the way, is a nine-month program with accountability both for the group of everybody in the company that is either a mentor or a mentee, uh, and for the individuals. But the key, she says, to her mentoring program is the unique matching system that her company uses to match up the proper mentor with the mentee. You know, this is this was an issue as she and I talked about it. It really struck me how many times I've said it on meetings and listened to companies decide, well, Paul's coming to work next week. We need to pair him up with a mentor. Who's got some extra time? Oh, let's pick Doug because he and Paul both live in the same city, or let's pick Doug because he and Paul are both guys, or they both are like baseball. There was no sophistication. I don't think I've ever sat in a meeting where there was any real sophisticated process about identifying where the best return is going to be achieved by selecting the best mentor. So this was what Dee's program is all about, and uh, um, I would really encourage you to listen to this one and then follow up and, and go to her website and learn more about it. Probably the most... Uh, The program that I have been sending my clients to most often is the one that was done by Jennifer Deep Stratton. It was called The Three Keys to Double Your Fees and Fill Your Business with High-Quality Clients. Jennifer is a whiz. She has got more knowledge than we could even begin to summarize in the hour we had with her. She talked about a number of things. One of the things she talked about is when people tell you they can't afford something, they're really telling you that you haven't sold them on the value, that we need to look at doing a better job, whether we're selling our coaching services or or whatever product you've got. You need to do a good job of selling the value that this product or service is going to have to the client. She talked about the issue of how do you raise your fees with long-term clients, and this was one that especially interested me because I've got clients that I've been working with for 10 years, and, and maybe they're paying the same price that they started out with, and, and I'm beginning to think that, well, everything else in the world has gone up, maybe my fees should go up. How do I, how do I go to this client that's been really good client stuck with me for a long time, and tell them, hey, by the way, I want to raise your fees. Why? You're going to keep doing the same thing you've been doing, Doug. Well, yeah, but I need more money. That doesn't fly. So Jennifer talked about the the process of looking for add-on services, of adding something to whatever contract you currently have so that you can justify an add-on to your existing fee. So if I'm coaching a client and I've not been doing their strategic planning, I can go, well, how about if I do your strategic planning? We'll do it once a year. We'll have a go-away retreat. and mid-year, we're going to have a session and all day and do a review of what progress we're making. And the fee for that would be blah, 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 something extra. So that, to me, was a, a very enlightening, very insightful way to approach uh, taking a long-term client, and increasing the value both for them and for yourself. You know, she she made a comment that, that just stopped me absolutely cold, and I've repeated it at least every other day as I'm talking to people ever since then. And that is the comment that, and this, these weren't her words, but they're mine, that referrals is not a passive sport. You know, I asked her, how do you get your business? And she said, referrals. And my mind immediately went to referrals. That's where we sit back and we wait for the phone to ring because we've done a great job. Or maybe we'll be proactive enough to, next time we're with a client, go, well, Gee, Paul, do you know anybody else that would like to use my services? But Jennifer said, no, that's not what that's not the way you get referrals. Referrals is what you get because you are out there. You are top of mind with prospects. You are front of mind with clients. You are out there networking at the place where people that can refer you are or people that can hire you are, that you are networking effectively, and we'll talk about that later, but that referrals is not a passive sport. It's an active, ongoing, constant marketing tool that you should always be using and always working. You know, she she sort of uh, caught me when she said, you know, being in business is really kind of simple. It only involves three things. And I thought, oh, this is going to be good. Three things. She says, yeah, you need a way to reach people you need to be able to have a sales conversation with them and you need to be able to deliver what you promise end of story that's all it takes to be in business and be successful at it you know and how many of us are not giving equal energy to all three of those areas do you have a way of reaching people that will buy your service and product are you comfortable and do you have a system to have sales conversations with prospects and are you sure that you always deliver what you promised that you don't overpromise so Jennifer has a lot to offer she does extensive uh, seminars she's got a free book on her website that I would really encourage you to go to her website and and get the book it's uh, extremely valuable I've read through it once and I'm going back through it again and like I say, uh, this is one of the ta- talks that seems to be especially timely right now, and I have been sending more and more people to it. Well, we're going to stretch back to uh, May 14th, uh, and we had uh, Priscilla Steffen on the show, and she her talk was the cutting edge approach to leadership nobody is talking about. Priscilla is a different type of coaching. She does what she calls soul coaching. And she is an Akashic, an Akashic reader. Now, I didn't even know how to pronounce that, much less what it meant. And this was a show that quite honestly has uh, stretched me a little bit to understand what she was saying and what she meant. But Priscilla is a wonderful person. She has a real heart for people. She has a real belief in what her capabilities are and what she can deliver to her clients. And I was truly impressed. By the end of the show, I had changed from a skeptic about what is this woo-woo kind of stuff she's talking about to this is something I need to learn more about. I can't just shut my mind to it. And I think that's one of the key things that we as coaches, we as individuals, need to be always kind of careful about, to to not shut our mind to things that are new, to sh- not shut our mind to things that, that sound different, sound weird, you know, electricity in the air, that's weird, telephone in the air, you know, wireless, I, those things will never work, they'll never happen. Well, Priscilla was a real real breath of fresh air for me and uh, I have since been following her activities on a regular basis and uh, uh, go listen to the show, The Cutting Edge Approach to Leadership. Uh, One of the things I really enjoyed about her is she doesn't like the term leadership. She refers to it as contribution. What contribution are you making? Rather than the term leadership which she felt focuses on you as the leader, she wanted to focus on what are you doing for the rest of the people? What are you doing for the rest of the world? What are you doing for your staff? So I really like the term contribution, and, and she's now got me catching myself every time I see the word or use the word leadership. I'm thinking contribution, and it it does make a twist. It does make a difference in, in how you look at things. Okay, our next show was the most globally listened to show that we've ever had on the air. It was Natalie Assen, Natalia, excuse me, and she talked about the ICF Global Leaders Forum, the International Coaching Federation Global Leaders Forum. Uh, Natalia is the president of the Orange County chapter and as one of the leaders in, in the... Uh, ICF. She was invited to go to Poland and participate in a forum with leaders from all over the world. Natalia is also from the Netherlands, and uh, looking at my Google Analytics, uh, I realized that for the first time the Netherlands became a major downloader of this uh, podcast, and all of a sudden they were not just a blip, but they were a significant element. So I uh, contacted Natalia an and said, hey, thanks for making us uh, big in the Netherlands. Uh, we really hadn't thought of that as uh, part of our Orange County outreach program here. But she talked about what coaching means around the world, what other coaches are doing. She particularly stressed the benefits of getting active in your local chapter uh, of not only uh, uh, going to the meetings, but really networking to where you create relationships with other coaches, that you stay in touch with them, you you actively communicate with them outside of the monthly meetings, uh, and that you look at them as a resource for situations that maybe you're not totally comfortable in. So. You know, this was a great coaching conversation. It was a great sales pitch, although that isn't what she was doing for why you should be active in this industry organization if you're involved in coaching. And it was a real eye-opener for me as to the ability of podcasting to reach out way beyond where we're sitting and broadcasting from here in Costa Mesa, California. We had people from all over the world because of Natalia's connections listening to this podcast and downloading it. Another great coach that we had on the show in in April talking about the evolution of a coach was Nahid Kazaza. I've known Nahid for a long time. Nahid also is a past president of the local ICF Orange County chapter. Uh, she is a very thoughtful coach, very analytical, very, very learned. She's always l- looking to go to new seminars and n- new programs and and enhance what uh, any areas that she might not feel comfortable in. And she talked about what's great coaching really all about, and how do you know whether you're a great coach? And and the things that she talked about, she broke them into sort of three areas that you could talk about if you think you're a great coach is that a strength or is that a weakness or is that just a non-entity in your coaching and so for instance if you think you're a great coach are you not paying attention to what you need to learn is your ego getting carried away with how great you think you really are or is it a weakness if you think you're not a great coach? Are you not behaving as if you have greatness to share knowledge and information that would be of value to other people? And so it becomes a weakness. Or is it just a non-entity in your coaching? And she sort of took this approach with, with everything that we talked about. The, the, whether you think you're a great coach, the importance of personal development, uh, and the, the stages of growth that you're in as a coach. And all of it really kind of ties back to to her emphasis as a lifelong learner and to how you're showing up with your clients, whether you are showing up with strengths or whether you're showing up with weaknesses and are you aware of that. She talked about some of the, the stages of growth that you go through as a Coach, that you know, first you sort of become aware of it as a career, and then maybe you feel a pull to coaching. You start to learn about it, and you feel like, hey, maybe, maybe this is something for me. And then you get involved in coaching, and you learn about it, and and then all of a sudden you sort of develop this. Uh, this need to be needed which you have to fight against as a coach because it becomes it's a sign that you're centered on yourself not on your clients and then you get sucked into this need to get and keep clients because after all this is a business too we're not just in it for an altruistic reason and then you have the power struggle as a coach with accountability you know am i going to really get after I'm going to keep picking on Paul today because he's sitting here in the studio. Are you going to keep getting after Paul because he, he hasn't done the things he said he was going to do in our last coaching session? Or are you afraid to call him on it because, gee, you don't want Paul to fire you. You want, to, want him to keep using you. So these are stages that all coaches, we all have gone through them. And the issue is, have you gone through them in a positive way and put them behind you? Are you aware of your career? Are you keeping up with the knowledge? Are, are, Does coaching still have the emotional appeal to you? Is it still your desire to do it? Have you been able to control the need to be needed? And can you find and keep clients without clients overriding your ethics, your morals, your ability to deliver the right ROI to the client? and facing that power struggle, that need to be loved, but yet to hold people accountable for, for what they're really doing. You know, another coach that sort of stretched us, and and uh, this is a coach that I've known. She's was on the show before this year, a few years ago, Laura Ale- Aleo, And you know, Laura, after she was on the coach, on the show the first time, sort of rebranded herself as the divorce coach. And every time I'd see her, we'd talk about her coming back on the show, and, and I told her this, and we talked about it on the air. And the idea of having somebody come on the show and talk about divorce was kind of scary for me. This isn't a, this isn't a happy topic. Who's going to tune in to listen to it? But, you know, she, she titled the topic, Big Change Equals Big Opportunity. And she talked about the fact that transitions, transitions of any kind, are kind of scary whether it's a divorce, whether it's retirement, whether it's moving to another country, whatever it is, transitions are a little scary. And that if you can shift your perspective about what you're going through, even just a little bit, that you're then able to see and create new creative opportunities as a result of the transition that you're going through. She has a a great book on divorce and and you know, I've gone through it because I think a lot of what she's talking about there can we can take the the things she's talking about and we can apply them to other life changes. So for instance, looking at her book, she talks about you need to plot your course. You know, now that you're separating and you're going through this divorce, where are you going in life? What are you going to be doing? No different than any other life transition. What what am I going to do now that I've moved to this new city? What am I going to do now that I've retired? What am I going to do now that I've quit being a salesman and I'm going to do something different? And then you need to look at what could happen as a result of this transition, as a result of this change. What are all the things that could happen? Some positive, some negative. But stretch your mind. Get creative about what are the opportunities problems, whatever you want to call them, but what could happen? And then, once you've sort of looked at that, how do you want to deal with those things if they do happen to you? What are your options, given all these things? What are the options that you have open to you? And then she she goes through a number of chapters that have to do with strictly divorce, which I, I'm not going to cover here, but she talks about the fact that if you're going through a life transition, That you need to keep these four, these five areas in tune. Mind, body, spirit, emotion, and relationships. You need to keep your mind straight. You need to have the right attitude. You need to keep healthy. You need to eat right. You need to get the right sleep. You need to not drink too much, whatever it is. You need to keep your spirit uplifted. You need to surround yourself with people that are going to support you. You need to keep your emotions in check or at least understand that you're going to go through some highs and lows in this transition and don't let them surprise you and scare you. Just deal with them as they come up and that you need new relationships. You need relationships to support you, relationships that are going to sustain you as you go through these kinds of transitions. I am very thankful that Laura came on the show and, uh, you know, very glad that uh, she helped me get over the scary transition that I was going through about talking about divorce on the show. (laughs) Well, look, also in April, I had the opportunity to talk about uh, a topic that I labeled experiences overrated and it was really uh, spurred by a book that I read by Liz Wiseman called Rookie Smarts and she talked about the difference between rookies when we hire a rookie someone who isn't experienced versus the veterans that we have And what are the pluses and minuses between the two? And and then how might we want to develop a rookie attitude? And this was, uh, you know, I thought extremely timely because, again, most of my clients are having a hard time finding experienced people today. And they kind of look at hiring rookies as, oh, man, this is my last choice. There's no better choices. This is just not going to work. Well, you know, in the book, uh, Liz pointed out that rookies tend to see new possibilities more than veterans they tend to be willing to explore new terrain new ways of doing things new methods new opportunities and they jump into everything wholeheartedly that you know they don't know better than to be skeptical they don't know to be afraid they just jump in with a an attitude that says everything's possible you know they they come to you with with curiosity they come to you with Uh, a humble attitude, knowing that they don't know even what they don't know. And they come to you with a playful attitude about work and a deliberate goal to be successful. How does this stack up against veterans? Well, veterans tend to Limit what's possible because they're thinking of we've tried that in the past and it didn't work or we've never tried that why would we do it that way they tend to want to do it the same old same old to stay on the path to stay in a protected environment they want to protect their resources and their relationships and that means don't expose them to anything new that sounds like you would write off the veterans but that isn't where Liz ends the book she then goes on to say Just because you're a veteran doesn't mean you have to have a veteran attitude. How would a veteran develop a rookie attitude and get the advantages not only of their experience, but get the advantages that the rookie brings to you of curiosity and playfulness and new possibilities and new exploration and wholehearted involvement in trying things out. And it was a great book, one I highly recommend, and again... uh, You can get more information on the website. Look at the podcast experiences overrated. Speaking of podcasts, we did two shows. I have to thank my producer, Paul, here. We sort of collaborated on one of them. And the, uh, the other one, he let me do a little bit solo. But one of them was called Podcast, Social Media, Marketing, and Frog's Legs. Had nothing to do with Frog's Legs. And the other, the week before, was called Internet Radio and the Power of Podcasting. They were both on the same topic. You know, we, we started out with Internet radio and the power of podcasting. And what we thought we were really going to talk about was, hey, do you know what Internet radio is? Let's talk about Internet radio. Let's talk about the advantages of Internet radio. Let's talk about how it works. How could you use Internet radio? What would it do for you? Would you want to have an, a radio show? What's involved in that? What? Uh, would it be a live show why would you do live radio shows rather than doing podcasts in your living room with your uh, computer uh, monitor on and the low quality photo being taken that you can then play back over youtube or someplace why would you why would you not do that why would you go to the trouble of paying to use a radio station with professional equipment with professional help And why would you bring people in and say, we got to do a live interview. You got to make time out of your day to come here. We talked about all those things. We talked about the difference between live and canned presentations. We talked about the excitement that's added, about the relationship that's developed between the host and the guest when they're looking eye-to-eye across a a three-foot wide table with a live mic going on and somebody's just asked a question that no one was prepared for or just made a statement that's kind of hanging out there begging to be defended or attacked. So we really, in the first show, talked all about internet radio, and as we got further into the conversation, we talked about the fact that, so internet radio, what's the end product of internet radio? Well, one of the products is a live broadcast. But probably the bigger product is a live broadcast replayed as a podcast, and Is that the end goal? Once you've done a live radio show and once you've created a podcast and posted it somewhere on the internet, are you not done? And that started our thought process going to the second show, which says, what do you do now that you have a podcast? Your work starts. You're not done. The end product is not creating a podcast. What is your objective? Why did you even do this to begin with? Did you do it to sell a product? or a service? Did you do it to make a contact by inviting somebody to be a guest? Did you do it to enhance your reputation because you've got famous guests? You now are semi-famous yourself. Did you do it to start a conversation about something, to stimulate new ideas, to have a conversation that might get you thinking in a way differently than you would sitting in your office looking at the wall? What is your objective? The objective is never just to create a podcast, it's to use the podcast. How do you use it? Do you use it as a marketing tool? Do you use it to sell? Do you use it to enhance your reputation? You know, and we talked about the difference between push and pull marketing that that push marketing is where I send out, I hand out information, I hand out brochures, I hand out I buy an ad in a magazine pull market. I'm trying to get you to pay attention to me and push marketing. Pull marketing is where you're looking for me. You're coming to me because you've run across something that says, hey, I heard about this radio show. I got to tell you a story. Just bought a new car Memorial Day weekend. I mean, you got to buy a car Memorial Day weekend. Every dealer's promising it's the best deal of the year. So we needed a new car. So I went down and bought a new car and It was Memorial Day weekend. They weren't able to detail it out like they wanted to, so I had to take it back this week. So I took it back in on, uh, on Wednesday. Dropped it off in the morning. Uh, I was the only one there. It was early in the morning. I wanted to, I had other things to do. Picked up a loaner car, talked to a a great uh, customer service representative, Paul, at the Acura dealership, South Coast Accra on Harbor Boulevard. They can now pay me for that plug. But I dropped it off with Paul. He was a nice guy. We talked about what needed to be done. Went back later that evening to pick up the car. And I asked Paul, I said, so... How was your day today? He said, Oh, it was a great day today. He said, How was your day? I said, Oh, it was uneventful. Now, I didn't mean it was a bad day. I said it was uneventful because I had one of those days that I was at my home office working. I didn't have a lot of contact with outside people. And Paul turns around to work on the computer and immediately follows my uneventful statement with, Oh, I guess you didn't do a radio show then today. And I go, radio show? What do you know about my radio show? <laughs> and he proceeds to tell me, well, you know, when you checked in, I wondered who you were and what you did. So I went on the Internet, and and I pulled up your website, and I saw you do these radio shows, and I started to listen to one of them. And I thought, hey, there's some things here I need to listen to. I'm in customer service. I'm always dealing with people. You've got some great topics on there. Pull marketing. I didn't know Paul. I didn't target the Acra dealership as a place to sell my services, pull marketing. They found the the radio show, they found the podcast on the Internet and came to me. What Paul likes to say, I don't know that he coined this phrase, but I heard it first from him, and I think it's true, is that Internet radio and podcasting is not about broadcasting. It's about narrowcasting. It is about identifying the target audience that you want to find you and making sure that they can find you and that you can go after them. Well, we keep going. We had a, a show in March on effective conversations. Uh, I'm going to kind of skip that one for a minute uh, in case we're running short of time here because I did it. But, hey, it was a brilliant conversation that I had with myself. Go listen to it. We had Diane Halfman talk about create your spa life Workday. This was another guest that I wasn't too sure what I was getting into. Diane was a, a wonderful, warm person. I really enjoyed my first contact with her. Thought this is somebody I like. This is somebody I'd like to get to know more. Asked her to be on the radio show. We picked a topic and she said, Well, the title's going to be Create Your Spa Life Workday. And I thought, Spa? Am I going to get my nails done? Am I going to get a massage? What are we talking about here? And she came on the show and she talked about controlling your work day. Recognizing what gives you energy, what takes away your energy. She talked about a test or an assessment that she offers that identifies your clutter to drama ratio. The more clutter you've got going on in your life, both physically, take a look around the studio here, Paul. Both physically and mentally, the more drama you're going to have in your life. Clutter is anything that distracts you, whether it's physical or mental. She talked about the fact that your workday starts the minute you open your eyes. It starts with the attitude that you have as you get out of bed, and it's going to be with you all day long. She talks about self-care, taking care of yourself so you can have a spa life workday. She has an interesting twist on how to get control of yourself and your work listen to it create your spa life workday in february we talked about networking how networking is all about building relationships that offer mutual underline the word mutual opportunities trust and bonding it's not about me looking to identify people that i can get something from it's about me finding people that i can give them something and maybe they can give me something in exchange we talked about the fact that, life, that networking is a life skill that you need to develop. It's not an occasional marketing program. Networking happened in the car dealership when I was talking to the guy about the radio show. It's more about having them remember you than about meeting new people. It's about giving without expectations. So, great show on networking. I think a lot of people think they network, but they don't know how to network, and they don't know how to measure their networking effectiveness. So, take a listen to that show and and see what you can do with it. Two more I want to run through. I'm saving one of the best for last. Uh, We had uh, my website developer, Dan Wheel, talking about your website, social media, and online marketing. Meet the digital pavement in brand coaching and, and Dan is big on branding and he talks about does your website and does your social media represent who you are? Do you have clarity around your company mission, your promise, your tone of voice, your language and your touch points with potential clients? He's really big about thinking of your website as the hub of a wheel And that everything else you do with social media is the spokes. And they all lead back to the hub. And they all need to be consistent. You don't want a hub that's geared for a 20-inch wheel and you've got 18-inch spokes on it. It's going to be a bumpy ride, folks. So listen to this one to get more in tune with the role that your website and social media need to play. Okay, I'm going to wrap this up with the last show. This show again, is one of one of the ones that I frequently recommend. I, I would say it would it could be my most recommended show except that I don't run into an audience that would be interested in it as often as some of the others. And it was Shelley Howard talking about how to send your student to college without losing your mind or your money. And I'll tell you this was an eye-opener. I've had both, uh, both of my kids have been in college and And it was a long time ago, but I wasn't smart enough about it, and today it's even more difficult. She talked about when you should start planning for your student's college program and what you should do. The advantages that using a professional can be to help you plan. She talked about one of the big advantages, and this one just hit me between the eyes. Use the outside professional to hold your child accountable for doing the things they need to do to get into college, for doing the application, for doing the essays, for doing the extra credit works. You can make yourself miserable as a parent and hold them accountable yourself or you can delegate this task off to a professional who's probably going to be more successful. She talked about the importance of the application today and how difficult it is to prepare one and to make your application stand out from all the other ones that are there. She's she gave this presentation all geared around her personal experience with her own son and daughter. She told us, and I, I'm not going to go into it, but her son got an Ivy League education, got a wonderful education, all for free. And she talked about how you can do that, how anybody can do that, and what, how little we know about the tuition assistance programs that are available and how you want to do that. And we started the year with a, our sort of historical program of, that we always do every year about from idea to plan to execution, how to achieve your goals in 2017. So that's a rundown, a quick rundown. Wow. I'll tell you, when I look back at the kinds of guests that we've had this year and and the topics that they covered, I mean, this is a content-rich program. I've been blessed with having some wonderful guests on the show. We're really generous in sharing information. Uh, you want to look at, at our web page and the radio show because some of them have special offers that are still on there. You want to take advantage of them well that's what we do for a living here podcasts so if you're listening to our podcast then thanks for visiting our website thecoachingperspective.com be sure to check out our archives as we've been talking about today great guests great shows topics that i know some of which will be of interest to you and speaking of guests we're always scheduling guests so if you want to be in the show just drop me an email doug at thecoachingperspective.com or go to the website. There's a place to sign up for the newsletter or to say you want to be a guest on the radio show. Well, I hope you've enjoyed the show today. A little bit different, but uh, hey, it was fun preparing for it and kind of reminding myself of how blessed we've been. Our goal is always is to have discussions that provide you with new ideas and information that you can put to use immediately to identify and achieve your goals. I'll see you next week. You're listening once again to the only show that takes a look at business from a different perspective, the coaching perspective, with Master Certified Business Coach Doug Gefeller.